Hey everyone, I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Wednesday, October 7th. The one and only vice presidential debate is tonight, and it is the coronavirus debate. We'll discuss that, plus the White House continues to be a COVID hot zone. And finally, help is not on the way. Stimulus negotiations fall apart in Washington. The big vice presidential debate is tonight. In Salt Lake City, Utah, you will see Vice President Mike Pence versus Senator Kamala Harris on that debate stage. They will be seated for their 90-minute debate, and they will be more than 12 feet apart and behind plexiglass. That's right. In fact, this was a part of the pre-debate negotiations. A little skirmish is going on between the two campaigns since Mike Pence obviously had been around the White House at that super spreader event in the Rose Garden a week and a half ago. His White House doctor claims he's not technically a close contact of President Trump's during President Trump's coronavirus illness and when he may have been contagious. But chalk that up to not believing much of anything that's coming out of this White House about medical information. I'm not sure you can totally believe that Mike Pence had no contact, never mind just with the president, but now uh, with anybody else that seems to be working in the West Wing that tests positive. It will be unlike anything we've seen before in debate history. And it is also not just the staging. Coronavirus is going to be front and center as the topic, obviously. Mike Pence is the head of the coronavirus task force at the White House. Kamala Harris's political mission, of course, is to put the administration's failed management and handling of the pandemic front and center throughout the entire debate. This is going to be a debate about coronavirus both visually and in the substance of the debate. And just think about what Mike Pence has to defend now just from the last week. I mean, he has to defend President Trump acting irresponsibly enough, A, to contract the virus, then putting Secret Service members' health at risk by partaking in that joyride outside of the Bethesda Naval Hospital. And he's also going to have to defend the president's actions about coming back to the White House, ripping off the mask, and the kind of signal that that sends to the country while the president says explicitly to folks, don't let this consume your life. Don't be afraid of COVID. There's a lot just in the last week that Mike Pence is going to have to defend of President Trump's behavior. Mike Pence is going to be focused on trying to make Kamala Harris example number one that the Biden-Harris ticket represents socialist left-wing agenda that will take the country totally in the wrong direction. We got a little preview of that from one of Mike Pence's previous debate coaches, Scott Walker. I call it R&R. Uh, talk about the recovery. Talk about the 10.5 million new jobs of the last four, four months. Talk about the recovery we had before the pandemic. Talk about the plan the president has. And contrast that with a former vice president who's going to raise taxes and, and not take us down the road recovery. And then contrast that with the other R, radical. Um, Joe Biden has outsourced his campaign, his agenda to the radical left. And Senator Harris is the epitome of that. You can also expect that Senator Harris's co-sponsorship of Bernie Sanders' Medicare for All bill and the comments she made in the Democratic primary process about getting rid of private insurance is going to come up. And once again, Senator Harris will have to be in the position of defending those words and somehow pivoting to the fact that the Biden-Harris ticket is not running on that Bernie Sanders' Medicare for All plan. One other final note about the vice presidential debate. Do not miss the history moment here about Harris's candidacy. I mean, the fact that for the first time we are going to see an African-American woman, an Indian-American woman on that stage, in that role, the representation there 
is unlike anything the country's ever seen before at this level of presidential politics. And that, in and of itself, is historic, but it's also a political challenge for Mike Pence about how he adjusts to that history, how he is able to take on Harris without offending that very historic representation that she embodies by being up on that stage. Here's what else matters today. We are now more than a dozen people who are tested positive from the Trump administration or his re-election campaign for the coronavirus. This is just mind-boggling, the way in which the virus is spreading through the West Wing, spreading through the Trump orbit, how there's very little contact tracing. In fact, the White House, it seems, said no thanks to the CDC expert contact tracers to be able to track this. So once again, we now see a president who is currently infected with coronavirus overseeing a White House where the virus seems to be spreading with rage through his West Wing. And yet he is still putting forth a message that this is not something for folks to worry about, that this is not something for folks to be consumed with. It has completely brought his administration to a halt. Offices are dark in the West Wing of the White House. This is a virus that is out of control nationally, but is the very example of how it spreads out of control is at the seat of America's democracy. And we wait to see how President Trump proceeds with his job. There's reports that there's protective gear right outside the Oval Office for anyone that interacts with the president. Is the president going to isolate himself or is he going to continue to try to show business as usual and put other people's health at risk around him? That remains to be seen. And finally today, do not look to Washington if you are looking for financial help in the midst of this economic crisis caused by this pandemic. It's not coming. President Trump ended negotiations entirely between his administration and Capitol Hill in order to produce some sort of stimulus before the election. He did it by tweet, part of this erratic behavior we've been seeing from him since he's gotten out of the hospital. And he did it in a way that defies every law of politics that exists. Why would the president be the one to take the blame for shutting it all down? It hurts him, it hurts his party, and it gives Nancy Pelosi the biggest gift she could possibly ask for. She had been a stickler in these negotiations. She was not moving her number very much of what she wanted to spend in this bill, despite requests from the administration, from Senate Republicans. And quite frankly, She had a lot of dissension in her ranks. A lot of Democratic members, especially those freshman Democrats running for re-election in some of those Trump districts, very concerned that Pelosi was not bending quickly enough to get money out the door to show their constituents that help is on the way. And what Donald Trump did was just short-circuit that political problem entirely for the Speaker. He took it all on himself, and he shut down negotiations. Here's his chief of staff, Mark Meadows. Well, the stimulus negotiations are are off. Obviously, we're looking at uh, the potential for standalone bills. There's about 10 things that we agree on. And and if the speaker is willing to look at those things uh, uh, on a a piece-by-piece basis, uh, then we're willing to look at it. It it became very obvious over the last couple of days that a comprehensive bill uh, was just going to get to a point where it didn't have really much Republican support at all. 
So now we wait to see if there will be any piecemeal legislation that deals with some of the slices, like the airlines or something like that, to get out the door before Election Day. But certainly no comprehensive help is on its way to the American people. That does it for this edition of The Political Briefing. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.